You are listening to Eddie's Launchpad, the Dogsthorpe Infant School podcast for parents, teachers and schools. This is your captain speaking. We've been cleared for departure. Okay, Eddie, start the countdown. Five, four, three, two, one. You are listening to Launchpad, the Dogsthorpe Infant School podcast. That's right. It's the Dogsthorpe Infant School podcast for parents, teachers and schools. Thank you for listening today. It's wonderful that you're here with us. As always, we have great guests on the Launchpad and we've got a great guest for you now. We have authors from all over the world and the author who's with us today is Tim Parsons. Welcome to the show, Tim. Thanks for having me. It's been over a year since she was on the launch pad. Perhaps you could remind our listeners and for new listeners who've joined us, who is paramedic Chris? I was uh, chapped into South East Coast Ambulance Service uh, for six years. And uh, my first shift um, I did with a, a gentleman called Chris. Uh, we came back after a night shift and um, he was sharing with me the story of his daughter who'd been suffering from cancer from a young age. And she'd just uh, written a book herself based upon her own experiences with health. Um, and then I was sitting in the back of the ambulance and I got thinking, wait a minute, we've got nothing for the ambulance service. You've got things like Fireman Sam, but what about the ambulance service? So from that day, I started to write the Paramedic Chris books, of course, because obviously Chris's daughter and his experience inspired me. A lot of parents will ask this and children will ask this. So is um, the paramedic Chris in the book, does he look like the real paramedic Chris? He does, actually. <laughs> um, not a million miles off. Um, <laughs> I don't know if Chris finds that disgusting or not. I've never asked him. <laughs> it's whether he wants some of the royalties. <laughs> well, that is the thing, yeah. Uh, say, yeah, yeah, he's still waiting for that, hasn't he? <laughs> Brilliant. So, so you, what are the sorts of adventures has Chris done in the past? My first book, Paramedic Chris, uh, that was based upon a hoax call, and uh, but again, they're all fiction-based, but they are around real calls I've attended to as well. And uh, we, we we see paramedic Chris and Zara uh, going out for the day, and then they're called to this hoax call. But it transpires that it's um, Zara's son that's called the ambulance, and he's called the ambulance because he wants to see his mum. He never sees her. Um, and the whole idea behind the book is to show the consequences of our actions. And I think, you know, not just ambulance, it's police and fire as well. They do get a number of hoax calls. And if we can educate from a young age, it makes a big difference. And then my second book, um, Paramedic Chris, A Helping Hand, uh, that was based upon a call I went on one Christmas day. Uh, we went to a patient in a high rise flat and his wife had sadly passed away a few weeks before. Um, we noticed he had no food in the cupboard and he was all on his own. And it was quite heartbreaking. So I, I decided to write a story around it on loneliness, on how we can support one another and what we can do as communities. Uh, my third book, Paramedic Chris is Sorry Bully, uh, that is based upon a visit to a primary school. And it sees the 
consequences of bullying and what it has a ripple effect on everyone else. Um, I was bullied growing up and actually in the workplace in the job I previously had. And I would actually say that it's important to educate upon how we look after each other and how what bullying does and the effects it has on people as well. Now, my latest book, Paramedic Chris and the Runaway Chicken, um, that's got a lot of attention actually from people because it's a very odd title, your one would think. But the real paramedic Chris has chickens, so the idea was born of that. Uh, but the book was I, I wrote during the height of the COVID pandemic. And how I've done it, I've done it upon a chicken that runs away and, and in a community pulling together to support each other. Because we, we, we were all in that state of mind, weren't we, during the pandemic of worry, anxiety, fear mm. and everything else. And I wanted to actually show what happens when we pull together as a community. And I think that's the whole thing throughout the four books as well, is what happens when we pull together. Absolutely. I, I can remember uh, that, that whole thing about hoax calls. Now, children, I know that there are some children who listen to this podcast. Please, I know it's good to have laughs and it's good to have little tricks and little fun games and things, but please do not make hoax calls because they do have an effect on people. And as far as the 999 people are concerned, they're always uh, very wary when they get a call. I can remember, and I'm going back many, many years now, it was in the 1960s when I was a child myself children when I was I was a child once I know you see the old man but I was a very I was a very little child once and uh, I I was I think I was about nine something like that at the time and uh, I saw a barn I lived in a little village and I saw a barn on fire the roof was thatched that's made out of straw for children who don't know what thatched is it was made out of straw and it, it was on fire I don't know what set it off but I saw the smoke and then I saw the flames and in those days there were no mobiles but I did know where there was a phone box so I ran down and I dialed 999 and when the lady started to ask me what I wanted I said fire brigade fire. and I was of course I was very excited as you, you know as children are when they see a fire very, very excited. I said, I need firemen, fire, fire. And she she was very, very wary of me. And she said, this isn't a trick, is it? And I know I can see it. I can see it because I could see all the smoke at that point. And, and so she said, right, stand at the phone box and do not go away from the phone box. So I stood at the phone box and eventually the fire and the police arrived. And this will tell you how long ago it was. Uh, we had a local bobby a local policeman, and he turned up and he gave me 50p for an ice cream. <laughs> and, well, I mean, it wasn't 50p, it was 10 shilling. It was a lot of money, you know, and I, and I remember him giving me this cra- these, these coins in my pocket and I went back and I told my dad and I said, and I told him the story and he said, so is it on fire then? I said, well, it was. I said, but I rang them. I said, and the policeman gave me this money to buy an ice cream. He said, we better go and buy an ice cream then. So I bought an ice cream and then finished up watching the fireman hose this roof down. Of it. There was, it wasn't a house. It was only a barn. And I think there was only like a little cart or something in it. But um, it was quite frightening, very exciting. But the, 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 the wariness of when a child rings in a call is because children have in the past made hoax calls. So that's a very important story to begin with, Tim, and thank you for writing that because that's a very thank important you. message. And it sounds like all of your all of your stories have an important message behind them. 
That's right. Yes. Yeah. And I, I think um, uh, the morals are to, to, to get two children and also to help them understand what a paramedic does. Because I, I know an ex-colleague of mine was saying, actually, sometimes you can have a child in an ambulance who's concerned and anxious. And they found actually by reading my books or giving them a book, it's calmed them down. So there's so many ways uh, that can help them. It can be quite frightening having an ambulance. Yeah. Yeah. Can I... I wonder, we'll return to talk about the, the, the runaway chicken because that, that's, that, that fascinates me. And if you go on to Tim's social media, you actually see a chicken, a real one. <laughs> I don't know where he got it from, folks, but he lives in, he lives in Kent. So there's lots of places for, to pick up a chicken down there. <laughs> um, but anyway, the, the um, uh, other counties are available. Um, the, uh, the, the, the first, uh, when you first started talking, you said about you was working as a chaplain for the paramedics um, yes. group. Now, is that the case across the country that they have chaplain services? Yes. Yeah. Um, it's become quite more wider, actually, in the trusts. And I think it's a really good thing. Uh, you're not there to hammer your beliefs on anyone. No, everyone. no, quite, that, That's quite. the most important thing I always want to emphasise. Uh, I found my main job was actually getting friendly with people, listening to people. And one of the reasons I went out on trucks with them was because I thought, well, I can't help them if I don't see what they're doing and walk in their shoes as well. Mm. Um, so I did go on the mental health training course, and I've done a little bit of medical training with them when I was there. Um, and that was quite an insight. Because, of course, when you're out on the ambulances, um, they want you to help them as well. And quite often you, you know, stand in a position there that get you to join in and do certain things, which... It took me by surprise initially, as I thought it was a chaplain being there pastorally. Mm. But I loved it. You just got your hands mucked in and just, it, it was really great. Mm. Uh, mm. I mean, it's not all doom and gloom. Some of the jobs can be fun. Yeah. Um, there's some real fun people out there. You, 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 for example, if you go to someone who's struggling with mental health, anxiety, which I sometimes do myself, um, uh, you calm them down. You can end up having a right good laugh with them. Uh, because you're actually trying to get them calm and then you ask them what they've been doing you look at their history and then you can share some stories i've come away with some great stories which i could probably put into books in the future <laughs> good inspiration that that Absolutely. whole thing i mean when i think of um sometimes we watch these ambulance shows on the telly um and i think some of the most saddest and maybe the, our listeners can can appreciate this, or maybe it's affected your family, is when a paramedic, a, two paramedics are called to a house, and it's a a, a a couple of senior years, a couple in in senior years. They may have been together forty, fifty years, and one of them has passed away, or they they are in the process of passing away, and you've got the other one sitting there. And we live in a world where children live miles away from one another now. And it takes a while for for their child to get to them, to see their mum or dad who's ever left behind. But, of course, you've got someone who's going through a very traumatic um, process. And the paramedics are trying to deal with the person that they've been called to, to, to nurture and to, to work with in medical terms. But, of course, there's the person sitting on the sofa or getting all worked up, and that's when I think something like the chaplaincy service, and I'm not just talking about 
Christian ministers. I'm talking about other ministers of other faith. That's when they, you, you guys can come into your own because then you can sit with that person, weep with that person, sit and hold that person whilst the the medics can get on with the job in hand. And it's it can be a very traumatic time, but it can be a very comforting time if you've got a chaplain there. I have to say, I've, I've, I've had professional but personal experience since that as well. I mean, what you've said there has really struck a chord with me because of my own dad. He was dying of cancer, and uh, we don't live near my parents, unfortunately. Um, so I wasn't able to get there uh, towards the end when my dad died. But however, my mum called on the vicar who sat with them and just just listened and uh, fell into my mum. My mum fell into his arm. And I've experienced that as a chaplain with the ambulance service. And to have that there, I mean, is a great thing. Um, this day and age where my wife works, funny enough, at the local primary school, and um, we were talking about uh, things of cuddling and, uh, and touching and things. And I said, no, I, I said, I, if someone's really genuinely... Uh, lost someone they need someone to, to, to arms to fall into um you know that, that there's in my opinion there's absolutely nothing wrong mm. with that it, it, I, I, i've done it myself when i lost my own dad and it's not until it happens to you personally that actually it affects you in a different in a way that you actually you've seen patients affected mm. um so yeah no it struck a chord with me there mm. Mm. so so uh all those people who who work in the in this field of of emergency services all of our paramedics we thank you for all the work that you do we thank you for the the times that you have to deal with things that are, must be heartbreaking and we thank the chaplaincy service for doing that i know that finances are really pushed against it and i remember that when i first started doing my work i i i worked at a time in a hospital in in um, croydon and oh, okay. and um, they at that time there, there was a very large chaplaincy service, but over time, because of cutbacks and things, slowly they've eked away. But that sort of chaplaincy work right on the front line is where it's it's needed the most. So thank you if you're if you are a chaplain or if you are involved in the chaplaincy service in any of our emergency services. Thank you for all you do. Now then, Tim, let's talk about the runaway chicken. Now, um. I don't want to spoil the plot or anything, but um, fun, hopefully, fun. hopefully the runaway chicken gets back home again. But <laughs> he <does. laughs> oh, he does. Well, there we go then, children. You're all right. You're in for a happy ending. But, uh, but I'd I'll like to tell you something here. I must. I've got a confession actually to make because um, when I wrote the story and it was published, my wife wasn't very happy with me. Uh, because the chicken's name's the same name as my wife's name. Oh dear! Oh dear! <laughs> oh dear! So you didn't get a Christmas present then last year? <laughs> <laughs> and the, the the other one, the the, the, the patient is an elderly gentleman. And right. He's actually called William, and William's the name of our oldest son. Okay. So, uh, okay. Right. Right. If I, I, I'm telling you now, if I hear a Captain David in your next story, I am suing. I am suing. <laughs> um, I don't mean that at all. No. The the most important the most important thing is that um, all of these stories carry a very important message, and behind yeah. those important messages, they are the best books in my book. That if you can if you can uh, 
uh, read a, a, a story to a child and it's got a deeper meaning. It'll make the child think about what they do and about the life they live in and hopefully be more empathetic uh, when it comes to dealing with relationships with other people around them. And and so more power to your pen, Chris. And I hope that oh, paramedic, oh, oh. I hope that paramedic Chris is back, Tim, um, very, very soon because that, that's, that's, um, that that's the most important message to have, I think. Now, uh, if people want to buy your book, could you give a little bit more details about it? Yes, sure. Uh, first and foremost, um, I think before I actually say about the physical books, um, my website's timparsons.co.uk. Uh, but I would like to say, I don't think I mentioned this last time on the show, but um, I've got all four books on audiobook as well. Uh, but if you would like to listen to them for free, uh, if you've got an Audible account or you sign up for a 30-day free trial with Audible, you can listen to them for free. Uh, the links are on my homepage, timparsons.co.uk. Uh, so that, that's the audiobook series for the four books. Uh, with the paperback, um, they are available from Amazon, Waterstones, Hatchets. Now, if you've got a TikTok account, and that's something I ventured into recently, which I said I never would, uh, there's a company called twobeeps.co.uk. They're stocking signed copies of the book as well, my latest one, Paramedic Chris and the Runaway Chicken. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the best thing probably is to go onto my website as well, and you can see all the links there as well. And as indeed, as always, as last time, if you folks, if you want to find... Uh, Tim and all of his wonderful uh, Paramedic Chris books, uh, just go into the text of this podcast because the links are there as well. So you can just one click away from his wonderful website and all of the resources. What a great resource. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Thank you for your time today, Tim. Thank you for all you thank do you. For, for the children of this country and, and far beyond. And thank you for uh, loving our school. We, we truly appreciate all your support. And we right. thank you for being a part of Eddie's Launchpads. Thank you. Thank, can I add one more thing? I've just forgot to add in, actually. Yeah, of course you can. Um, yeah, there's still time. Paramedic Chris and the Runaway Chicken. Um, during the pandemic, in fact, last year, I think it's the summer of going back, uh, two of the teaching assistants at the uh, Middle Sun School, um, they uh, actually went out to uh, Poland and um, I had a knock at the door and they said, I we, we, we could be cheeky and take a few of your latest book and your model ambulances because I've got some model ambulances uh, as well, as you can see on the website. And I said, of course. So I sent them out with quite a number of copies and a number of the toy ambulances. And I just wanted to give them a shout. Not not me for a shout because I've donated. Cause that's just a minor thing. But I was, in, I was in awe of how they did that. They went out to help the crisis out there. Good for you, my friend. Tim, thanks for joining us today. Well, that's it for another week, folks. Captain Dave and Eddie will be back again soon with another launch pad. They'll have more great guests, more places to see, and more interesting things to share on the learning journey. So, until next week, be kind, be respectful, and always remember to dream, believe, and shine.
for action. This podcast is brought to you by Eddie Edster. This delightful Cavalier King Charles Spaniel offers hugs, paw shakes and high fives to help children of every age to dream, believe and shine.